everyone agrees, bacon makes everything better. Even marketing. This is the Bacon Podcast, where you'll learn to cure your marketing. And make your business. I can't believe I said that. Internet marketing. Online marketing. Social media tips and techniques. Now, to help you bring more bacon home, the master of marketing sizzle, Brian Basilico. This is the Bacon Podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps. I am uber excited. I have a great guest today. Her name is Bryn Tillman, and she's with Social Sales Link, and she is a sister from another mister because she loves LinkedIn. So, Bryn, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I, I'm looking forward to digging into some really great LinkedIn tips and tools and tricks and stuff like that, because LinkedIn is is just this evolving network. I mean, it, it's, it's fabulous. It's one of those kind of places where I think a lot of people just don't understand it as much as they could. You know, so many people look at it still as the resume network, you know, where it's really so much more than that, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, in fact, most people using it today are not even on it to search for a job. So right. it's definitely morphed for sure. Absolutely. So what I like to do is get people into your origin story. So how did you go from being a stand-up comic in college to such a stand-up person on LinkedIn? <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so many years ago. Um, actually, you know, it's funny. I, I in my freshman year communication course, our final was to do a stand-up night, um, write a stand-up routine, a five-minute routine and do it. And I got hooked into being in front of an audience. So, you know, as I went through my career, you couldn't make a whole lot of money as a mediocre comedian. So you needed to really figure out what to do. And I uh, chose sales. So I ended up, because, you know, you're always in front of an audience, whether it's one client or many. And I really fell in love with business development and ultimately became a sales trainer. But around 2005, I recognized this new tool that, by the way, I called LinkedIn for at least six months. Um, <laughs> I, no one ever heard of it I was at the time, or very few had. And I recognized that this was, even though it was out there as this job-seeking tool, um, I recognized it as a sales tool and as a business development tool and started teaching that in my sales training practice. Uh, and ultimately fell so much in love with its capabilities that uh, I spun off from uh, my partner. We were still, we're still great friends and decided I just wanted to do LinkedIn for business development. That's awesome. And, you know, going back to the whole LinkedIn and job search and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Microsoft bought it, and one of my friends who happens to have ins at LinkedIn Corporate tells me that roughly 70% of their income comes from basically jobs, from that kind of stuff. The next portion of it comes from the premium services, and a very, very small portion comes from advertising. So it makes it one of the you know, very unique social media platforms where they're not, they're still using your data to make money, but they're not doing it in a, in the way that like a Facebook or a Twitter or something like that does it, right? Absolutely. So they're, you know, recruiter by far the, is, is their, their biggest money maker. Sales mm -hmm. navigator comes behind that a little bit. Um, and then the other premium services, including executive professional, job seeker, all those other things. The interesting thing, though, that LinkedIn offers 
enterprise companies when it comes to ads is with Sales Navigator, and this is relatively new, their salespeople have the ability to save specific leads, specific people, and advertise just to those leads uh, or get content in front of them through the advertising platform. So that's unique as well. It's not just a persona. It can actually be completely targeted to specific people. So that's kind of cool too. Yeah, that's very cool. And uh, I haven't played around with the new sales navigator. I had it for a while. I've kind of stopped it. So do you... How do you feel about it? Is it? Does it have a lot of value? Is it worth it to most people? Or is it? Uh, do you need to have some kind of specific idea of what you're trying to accomplish with it? So I love this question, and I look at Sales Navigator like a gym, like a gym membership. So the first thing is everyone, most everyone at one point or another joins a gym membership. They're really excited. They go three times and never show up again. They pay every month and there's no value in that, right? That's the majority of the people and that's how gyms make their money. <laughs> However, the people that go in and initially work with a trainer to learn the equipment, the weights, the reps, the you know, leg day, arm day, you know, all that fun stuff, and then consistently go there two, three, four times a week, get in really good shape. And that's how I look at Sales Navigator. The folks that just buy it and then poke around and, you know, they'll, they'll try it a little. It might be the, the wrong weight and they pull a muscle so they leave, right? Those are the folks that, that are funding LinkedIn but not really getting value. The value is so immense, however. If you do have a plan and you show up a few times a week, I would say it's the most powerful prospecting tool available to us today. I would 100% agree with you. I think it's 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 amazing at what you can do if you're consistent with it. I mean, one we talked a little bit beforehand about content development. And one of the one of the quotes, I call them baconisms. I've got a lot of them. Actually, I've got 53 baconisms all set up as graphics for content ready to post on LinkedIn. <laughs> so and one of the baconisms is content is king, but consistency is queen. And we all know who rules the house, right? <laughs> It's like the, the my big fat Greek wedding. The man is the head of the house, but the woman, she's the neck, and she can move the head any way she wants. Exactly, yeah. So what are some of the what are some of the things that people are missing using LinkedIn? Because you I think there's an aversion, and I see this a lot from people, is they're almost afraid of it because almost every time they log in, they're getting what I call a connect and pitch. And connect and pitch is somebody that sees them as a good lead opportunity and immediately hits them up and say, hey, you don't know me, but you know, I've got this 30-minute video, and if you only watch this 30-minute video, then you can end up getting you know, some really great information. Then we'll set up a phone call, and we'll spend another 30 minutes because you've got nothing to do but spend an hour listening to me sell my stuff, right? That was awesome. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> and, and, and it's awful yes. that it happens, right? And, and I say it's the biggest mistake that we make the the irony of it is we make the same mistake when we're out networking at events too and the the people that are out at events that meet someone shake their hand and begin to pitch them are the same ones that are pitching on linkedin and there's a huge volume of them they're also the people that are not really successful at what they do because no one buys from a pitch 
They right. buy from, they buy from insights and value and education. In fact, Corporate Visions has a stat that says seventy four percent of of buyers choose the sales rep that was first to provide insights and value. When you pitch, that's not value for them. It's value for you. And you're not, you're not bringing anything to the table for them. So you have to earn the right for them to care about how you can help them. Absolutely. And it's, it, I equate it in, in my speeches and presentations. I say, would you walk into a bar, tap somebody on the shoulder and say, hey, you're pretty, you want to get married? Um, and that's, and that's exactly the way that people treat. And you're right, 100% right. I mean, I've seen it in, you know, online networking. I've seen it on face-to-face -face networking. It's like people are too afraid and, and honestly impatient to take the time to get to know somebody, to understand their needs. It's, you know, that's why my first book is called It's Not About You. You know, it's always about them and what value you can provide. So, you know, let's take this a little bit further. So let's do the antithesis of that. That's a tough word to say. Um, thank you. Thank y'all. Um, so how do we go about doing it better? Well, so let's talk about there's, there's a LinkedIn short game and a LinkedIn long game. And the LinkedIn short game, and we can talk about this if you'd like, is really getting introductions into targeted people. That is the best way because all of our business, if we really look at the great business that comes in, mm -hmm. I would say a huge percentage for all of us is going to be word of mouth, referral, someone told me, someone mentioned, right? So if that's where the significant piece of our business is coming from, we can use LinkedIn in the short game to search and filter our connections, connections, our clients' connections, our networking partner referral source connections, make lists of people that they know that we want to meet, run the name by them for either uh, warm introductions or permission to name drop. And that's a shorter game because when someone says you should talk to, you know, you should talk to Brian, you're going to get so much by having this conversation. Now you reach out to them, they're much more likely to take your call. And it's not weird that you're asking for the call because someone recommended that they did talk to you. Right. So, right, so that's, that's, that's the shorter game. Now, it takes a little bit of time. It's not connect and pitch, but it's warm referrals. The longer game is the nurturing. If you connect because someone engaged on your content, um, and it's about nurturing and getting to know them and engaging on their content and asking poignant questions that you can provide vendor agnostic insight to. So, th so I, I think this will answer your question more poignantly, which is like, so rather than connect and pitch, what do you do, right? So it's connect and bring value, but it has to bring value in what matters to them. So value is vendor agnostic. That means that whatever they read or watch or absorb or uh, digest is, is helpful and relevant to them even if they never talk to you again in their life. That's the difference between pitch and insight. If mm -hmm. the pitch is, we can help you do all these things, my argument is stop telling them how you can help them and help them. So move from, we can help you do this to here's some really great things that can help you even if we never talk again, right? Without saying, you know, that. But even, you know, if we never talk again, this is real value that, that improves your life professionally or personally, has an impact. 
Now they're going to come back for more and want more conversation because you're not pitching. You're really simply helping them. And there, there's a couple of things kind of like melded into all the things that you're talking about. The first one is I don't have any content. I don't know how to create content. How do I do that? How do I let them know? I, I, you know, there's nothing sitting out there for me to share with them. So what I see a lot of people doing is they'll go online. They'll, they'll basically curate other people's content, as I call it, OPC. And so what it ends up doing is it takes them down a rabbit hole of, okay, you know, this is really great stuff, but now all of a sudden I'm on Entrepreneur Magazine, and look, squirrel, there's a great article about AI. Oh, look, there's voice. Oh, wait. <laughs> you know, it's like, so having your own original content is so incredibly important. Would you agree? Oh, I very much agree. And it's funny because a lot of people in business development are great talkers and not necessarily great writers. And so they think I can't create content because I'm not a good blogger. And blogging is one tiny piece of content. Podcasts are content. Zoom interviews are content. If you are a good talker, you can record yourself on your iPhone and submit it to otter.ai and have it transcribed and then pay someone 20 bucks to edit it. Like there's lots of ways to create original content that doesn't mean that you have to sit down and start typing. Absolutely. So so that's really the key is, and, and then the second thing is, is I think people have this fear, and I was taught by, I'm a, a huge believer in every doctor needs a doctor, every mentor needs a mentor, every coach needs a coach. So I'm a firm believer in learning from other people who have been there and done that. And one of my coaches said to me, he said, Brian, you need to give away your best stuff. And I said, but no, I want people to pay for that best stuff. And he says, no, you don't. Because let me tell you, here's, here's the secret. Shh. Now, we can't tell anybody. This is between you and me. It's not going to be on the podcast. Yeah, we won't tell anybody this, but here's the bottom line. You could tell people what to do, but nine times out of ten, they need your help to get it done. <laughs> right? Well, yes, and here's – and I completely agree with that. And the other thing is it depends on who you're selling to for sure, right? So if someone gets some really great value mm -hmm. and they have a sales team, let's say, or they have a big marketing team or they have – a keynote coming up. It's not like there's going to, okay, we have a keynote. We have, you know, 800 people that are coming to this event. Let's play this YouTube video that I found from Brian, right? right? Like that's not how it works. So, mm -hmm. um, but they're going to hire you for that keynote or any of you out there listening that are really, really good because that video or that podcast or that content was powerful and moving. So um, there's a quote that I love from Michael Port. I don't know if you know him. He's from Book Yourself Solid. Hmm. Um, he's, uh, and he he's also does TEDx or TED Talks. He's like big time, I think, real TED. Um, and uh, best-selling book of book, uh, best-selling author. But he has a line that I hope I don't mangle. So I apologize, Michael, but my, I mean well. Something like, Give away so much content that you're afraid you gave away too much and then give more. Right. And so if that, it, it, it's that concept. And I live by that. So it's exactly what you're, you're speaking to. I absolutely live by give it all away and then they'll come. 
Absolutely. And, and the key thing I think about the content that we're talking about, and, and again, this all boils down to LinkedIn, is, is we live in a short attention span theater. You don't have, you know, 30 minutes. You get a 10-minute video max. You get 1,200 characters in, in a post and some graphics. So you have to be concise about it. So I, I love Twitter only because Twitter forces you to think in small chunks. Uh, and if you can master doing tweets, you can master doing smaller pieces of content that get the message across without all the fluff and the stories and the things that go out there. So mastering not only good content, but mastering concise, precise, helpful, good content is important. Yeah. And to, to add to that, which, cause I love that is make sure there's at least one really amazing takeaway from everything. Mm-hmm you provide that gets that either creates a curiosity or an aha moment or something where they want to save that for later or print it or um that gets that 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 has an impact right so really good content in my in my mind especially for linkedin um because it's really that b2b platform Mm -hmm. is about having that real takeaway that can make it that that's insightful where you have now made yourself meaningful in their world right it's it's about influence in a sense you know it's about saying you know it's making yourself top of mind it's making yourself sound like you're really there to help them and not there to sell them and and also just to be different than everybody else in in a sense right Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, differentiator matters, but believe it or not, being relevant and insightful can matter more than being than differentiating. And I see this there. I have some clients where what they're selling really is a commodity, and ultimately, it's really hard for the people that are out there checking prices for the exact same product, right? Like, right, where there's no service involved, there's no relationship involved. It's like selling the exact same product. And what we found is when people are out there researching, it, the person that provided insights around how to, how to choose the right product, what features to look for, what questions to ask, what to avoid, when someone found that content and then contacted them, they didn't shop it. Mm-hmm. Right, because they the value that they got f- from this person, they didn't even think to go out and shop it anymore. Because they're now working, they built a relationship around a commodity product. And I, it's so amazing to me. And we watch this now succeed over and over and over again. So mm-hmm. even though there's not a real differentiator in the product, there's a differentiator in how we go to market, which is to add value to the buyer. Right. And this is one of the things, again, this is one of the hidden gems inside of LinkedIn. I had a really great podcast with Mark S.A. Smith, and, and he's, he's a guy out of Vegas that I know. Um, we both have a lot in common. We're both guitar players and things of that nature, both have podcasts. And one of the things he basically, and again, I'm doing the same thing you did. I'm paraphrasing, and I can't say it exactly. But he basically said that the difference between a Facebook and a LinkedIn is Facebook people are looking for commodities. They're looking for price. You know, they, they they'll take the recommendation, but they'll still price shop more. 
The difference is on LinkedIn, you're talking about somebody's job and they tend to look at things a little bit differently. They're looking at not only can I get the cheapest price, but more importantly, will this not get me fired? <laughs> right? Yeah, and that, and that mindset of is, you know, you've got to go at it with a sense of you not only propelling somebody, but, you know, uplifting somebody, standing behind somebody. You know, it, it's just a different way of approaching the relationship than on the consumer side, right? So let's get into, give me, let's finish up with three don'ts and three do's. How's that? So give me three things that you really strongly suggest that people don't do on LinkedIn that maybe we haven't covered yet. So don't attempt to prospect on LinkedIn until your profile mm -hmm. is, a re is a resource instead of a resume. So you can reach out and try to build relationships all day long, but if they show up at your profile and it's screaming you're in sales or there's nothing relevant to them at all, you're, the conversion to conversations, which by the way, I believe the ultimate goal is to start more conversations by leveraging the power of LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So it, 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 a bad profile will limit the people that want to talk with you. So don't go to market until your profile is a, is a resource. Love that. Uh, second don't. So we kind of covered the don't connect and pitch. So I'm going to just work off of that and say don't connect and forget. So the worst thing is connect and pitch. The second worst thing is connect and forget. To me, that's like you go to a networking meeting, walk up to someone, shake their hands, smile, hand them your business card and walk away. Right? What good was that? You're not building any kind of rapport, conversation. So I'd rather you connect with less people that are more targeted and have more conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, number three, 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 another don't do. Um, don't ignore the people that are liking and commenting on your content. So I try to make it as much as possible. Every single person that comments, I thank them for the comment. I'll ask a question. I'll try to continue the, the conversation. But I want to look at everyone that's liking my content, see if I'm not connected to them, if it's someone that I'd want to be connected to, connect with them, thanking them for liking your content. So there are tons of different kinds of people we want to be connected to, but one of them is someone who's engaging on your content. Because now, you, the more people engage in your content, the more people see it, the faster you grow as a thought leader and subject matter expert. So if you ignore the 17 likes to a post, um, you could even engage on somebody else's likes of a post if it's in your industry and say, I see you like this article, I really like this article, and this is why, right? That's someone that's engaging on content. So now when you share content, they're much more likely to engage on your content. So don't connect don't, oh, that was the second one. Don't uh, ignore the people liking and commenting on posts. I love that. And let me build on that just real quickly. There's a lot of people out there selling automation tools, you know, Hootsuite, all those things. And basically, it's the equivalent of playing Ding Dong Ditch. You ring the doorbell and you run away. And it's posting stuff but not going in and spending time to engage with the people that reward you with their time and energy. Because the bottom line is if you don't reward them, you teach them not to engage with you. So I'm so I agree with automation. I do like as long as you are manually doing this mm -hmm. because you know I work with folks that are out on the road all day long and they really can't share during the day. 
I do teach to share content through Hootsuite if you are scheduling it with your own commentary, not automated posts, right. but scheduled posts, because some of them can only do it at 6 a.m. or at 9 p.m. or at Sunday night. But I agree. So there is a place in my mind for scheduled content as long as that content came from you personally, you reviewed the content, and you shared your own insights. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying automation is bad. What I'm saying is automating and not going in and commenting or, or engaging is bad. Absolutely. There's a place where I agree completely. I mean, the worst now, and this is becoming an epidemic, it are the fake profiles that are being run by automation right. apps where they're, because they are, there's AI conversation, like they move them into email and because there's AI conversation, people believe they're real people. Right. And like it, it, it's nauseating to me that, you know, what happens, let's say this person now does become a client and say, you know, I'd love to meet, Jessica, I've been conversing with her for the last, you know, two weeks and like, oh, she's not real. What kind of like impression are we making out there? And there is an automated tool that I will not name that that's what they sell. And it's, you know, it's primarily an email conversation and website chat box, but it's moving into LinkedIn now too. Right. And it's, and I know that uh, Microsoft has really kind of hindered the whole chatbot side of things. I mean, they're doing everything they can to kind of pull automation out. Like you said, you know, it's, it's, you know, it can ruin groups, it can ruin relationships, it can do all kinds of stuff. Well, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to do a second podcast because I want to spend more time on the do's um, because your three don'ts were fabulous. <laughs> and so let's save that for a second time because I'd love to have you back. So I'm sure people want to learn more about what you provide and some of the ideas that you have because this has been great. Um, how? What's the best way for them to do that? Well, first, uh, you could actually find me on, link on LinkedIn. I'm there. Um, and I am currently the only Bryn Tillman, which is way, which is great. Um, until someone else steals it, which I'm shocked hasn't happened because I'm. It happens all the time. Um, the second place, I mean, if you want more, you mentioned books. My book is on Amazon on uh, LinkedIn Book Info, um, where you can learn more. And on my website, I've got lots of great content at SocialSalesLink.com. Fantastic. So obviously, everybody follow Bryn on LinkedIn. She's got a bunch of great stuff. I've heard her on podcasts. I've heard her on webinars. A ton of great stuff to follow. And Bryn, thank you for coming on and dropping some sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps. It's such a pleasure talking with you. I'm looking forward to round two of What's Good on LinkedIn. Awesome. Thanks so much, Brian. This was a lot of fun. Well, that's it for today's Bacon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something today. If you did, please go to iTunes and give us a review. We appreciate all your feedback and comments. If you have any questions, go to www.baconpodcast.com forward slash questions, and we'll make sure we get those answered for you. Till next time, keep sizzling.